whether you're scaling a business or, or thinking about what you want to do next in your life, um, whatever limitations you think currently exist, uh, just be careful they aren't ones you, you imposed on yourself. Hmm. Um, you, I, I see scaling companies do that a lot. Mm-hmm. They, they sort of say, oh, we can't do that. Or this is, you know, th- this is the peak or this is the limit of what we can do. Or, you know, we have to have this done by X and, and that causes us to rush out something that isn't good. But, but some of those are arbitrary. And, and the same is, same is true in life. Like whatever limitations we put on ourselves, they just, they just likely are not real. We don't know yet what we're fully capable of as, as human beings. What's up, guys and gals? Trevor here with Carrot coming at you with another episode of the Carrot Cast. Um, and I've got a special guest with me, guys. And uh, we've got a big announcement to make. And we're also going to be diving into a lot of cool topics, a lot of cool things that you're going to learn from if you're a real estate investor, if you're a real estate agent, if you own a software company, if you are anybody that at all wants to improve yourself, you're going to learn a lot of things from this episode. It's not going to be uh, the traditional lead generation type episode, though we might touch on some of those topics. But uh, I've got my uh, friend and now VP of marketing here at Carrot, Mr. Kylie Newbold. Welcome on the Carrot Cast, man. Hey, hey, I am excited to be here. This is awesome. Dude, so we'll, we'll just kind of pull the bandaid off right at the start of this episode where um, <laughs> I, I, I alluded to at the start that you are officially a part of the Carrot team and we mentioned it back on the, on the summit in January but we hadn't done like an official announcement yet. And that's all on me. And um, just kind of getting into the flow of the year. And like, I'm really, we've got a victory bell here at the office, dude. We've been here for two years. I'll ring it once. Cause like I tend to kind of hit the thing and then I go beyond it. And uh, that was just an amazing victory that we had here at Karen. We'll talk about it to be able to bring on uh, not just someone at your caliber, but, but you specifically. And I just want to make sure to, to love on you and, and, apologize for not like doing an official big announcement earlier, man. So welcome aboard the carrot team officially. Awesome. Uh, it's been, it's been phenomenal already. What we're <clears throat> two months in and, uh, I, I hear you, man, the, the pace, the pace is quick, which I think we'll probably talk about a little bit today. So yeah, um, I, I have felt the love. Cool. I, I love it, man. So to add context, everybody. So if you're listening to this, uh, and you've heard Trevor Chuck talks, or you've heard case study interviews, things like that. You've probably seen Kylie on the Carrot Cast before. And uh, when he came on, it was, I don't know, probably first first 50 or so episodes of the Carrot Cast. It's one of the, one of the most listened to ones. It's about Facebook marketing. So if you guys want to learn how to drive leads from motivated house sellers with Facebook, Kylie's your guy. And we'll kind of dive in here in a bit why. But make a note there, if you guys want to drive leads with Facebook, go back in the archives and check out that Facebook marketing uh, CarrotCast. Also, if you go to carrot.com forward slash Facebook, carrot.com forward slash Facebook, we have an entire webinar, an entire training that basically took uh, exactly what Kylie and his company have learned over the past several years to drive over 10,000 face motivated uh, house seller leads from Facebook, over a million dollars in ad spend with some of the biggest investors in the country. We took basically his methodologies in that free webinar and a training uh, program after that. If you guys want to really ramp it up, go to carrot.com forward slash Facebook. Now we're going to switch gears. So I'm going to toss over to you, Kylie. Yeah. Um, and first of all, you mentioned you've been here for a couple months and yep. uh, the, the pace has been fast, partly because we're like adjusting systems in the business and process and a new team member 
with you and some other new team members. Now we're looking for a product manager to come in and lead that side of things. Um, what, what did you expect when you came uh, and be transparent, like good and the bad. What, what did you expect when you came into Carrot versus what you've experienced these last two months? Yeah, you bet. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, man. I, I had a unique, my transition to Carrot was unique because, um, you know, we did the Facebook course together. Um, we've known each other for a couple of years now. I've been to your mastermind a few times. So, I, I had some insight into the company, which I think a lot of new team members probably wouldn't have. I had worked closely with um, a few other internal members of the team in promoting the course and, and things like that. So that's, that actually was one of the things that led me to, to uh, be interested in joining the team is what I saw internally. And cool. what I saw internally was a great, a great team, incredible mission vision, and we can get into that more too. But what I also saw was a, a big opportunity for some refined and um, accelerated uh, processes mm -hmm. around, around marketing and, and how we make decisions and how we execute on things. Uh, and then, then I also just saw, you know, this, which is typical of growth companies, just the need for uh, manpower. Yeah. Right. So um, it's always exciting to me when, when I can look inside a company and say, man, look at what they've accomplished. And, and yet they still have so much they could be doing it. It's, it makes me nervous if I look inside and it seems like a company is maxed out. Yep. Right. Yep. That, that is, uh, that's not what I want to see. I don't want to see a maxed out company. I want to see one that has done phenomenal things and they're still figuring it out. Yeah. And the reality is at some level, that's what every company is doing. Mm -hmm. So there, yeah. there hasn't been anything that, uh, coming in, I have been, you know, shocked, like, Whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Or, um, in fact, and I, sh I shared this with you pretty early on, I was actually quite impressed with the level of organization that exists, existed, existed and exists, uh, from a, just from like an like an organizational like org chart, from communication strategies, from processes, etc., and that's an ongoing thing that we're trying to improve on, of course. But <clears throat> I've been involved in other uh, startup or growth companies that didn't have that, and um, this is another layer of complexity challenge. Yep. Man, so you you opened up. You said you've been involved in other growth companies, um, startup companies, and. Uh, we, we broached this subject in the first carrot cast with it, that what you did before your consulting company. Let's kind of reverse back and we're going to talk about scaling companies, whether you're a SaaS company, a software company, listen to this, or it'll apply to investors and agents just as well too. Um, we're going to talk about a bunch of other things, entrepreneurship versus uh, versus working as, as a team member of another company, right? Because you went uh, employee to uh, entrepreneur owning your own company uh, with your agency and then now to Carrot, and you still own the agency, and there's some things we'll talk about there. With If anyone's transitioning uh, from a job to an entrepreneur or vice versa, like there's ways to transition correctly, and we can kind of talk about ways that Kylie's doing that. But walk, walk through really quick kind of what your role, catch people up, what your role was at the Color Run, um, and then transition over to uh, the, the Cliff Notes version of making the transition to your agency, because we talked about that in the last podcast. And then same thing, why did you now choose to go, well, I have what a lot of people would think is the entrepreneur dream. Like I'm working from my uh, home in some cases or your office now, and now I'm going to go work for a company again. 
uh, just kind of walk people through those transitions. Awesome. So I'm, I'm going to back up just a touch more because I think that helps frame all of this a little bit better. So yep. coming out of college, um, I, I worked and paid my way through college by, I, I managed a branch of a, like a recruiting and staffing company mm. as a young college guy. And, uh, came out of that and, and moved to the corporate office and, and quickly realized like <clears throat> I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do and was learning pretty quickly like what environments I thrive in and which ones I don't. And sitting in a cubicle was, was not one of those. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I started going to local startup meetings and just felt this energy and passion. <clears throat> but uh, that energy and passion would, would quickly turn into a lot of frustration and, and disappointment uh, in myself because I couldn't come up with a good idea. Oh, yep. So <clears throat> I, I felt like, um, I felt like I was f like a failure, you know, like I wasn't as good as these other guys because I couldn't come up with a really good idea. And that, <clears throat> that kind of haunted me for a while. Um, until I, I came across a fast forward several years now, I came across an opportunity to go join a, a young mobile technology startup. Hmm. So I did not create the idea. I was not the founder, but I joined that team and uh, worked there for a while. <clears throat> we were a team of like four or five people, small team. And I, I loved it mm. because I saw, I got to do all the things that I thought I would love about entrepreneurship, but I didn't have to come up with the idea. Yep. And, uh, <clears throat> um, and so that, after that, so that was, that was a company called savvy. Um, after that, uh, that company was, um, was sold. I uh, was looking for my next opportunity and I found the color run, which for those, those of you that don't know, it's a 5k run where people throw the colored powder on you, uh, during the years of like 2012 to 2015, it was massive and it's, oh, yeah. it's still big. Um, but it, it was massive. So, um, I had a good buddy of mine from uh, college that was working there. He's, he introduced me to the company and I joined the team pretty early on in the company's life. So again, I'm coming into a company. I didn't come up with the idea. Um, I wasn't the founder, but I became part of a founding team or a growth team. How many people were at the color run at that time? <sighs> there are probably, probably 20 people. Okay. Yeah. The marketing team was interesting though. So the, the, the crazy thing about the color run is the idea hit it it was the time. There's so many things that played into it. The timing, everything just, it struck a chord. So <clears throat> the first six, nine months of the company's life, their challenge was almost 100% operations. Mm. How do we actually make this thing, the experience people are hoping it's going to be yeah. because people are excited about the idea. Um, <clears throat> they didn't really have to do much marketing. Mm. Um, but pretty quickly copycats came onto the, came onto the scene, like direct copycats, creative, more, more creative copycats that at least use their own imagery. Um, um, and, and then you started seeing other themed 5Ks coming into the space too, right? Mm -hmm. So theme, by theme 5Ks, I mean like bubble runs and light runs and all these kinds of things. Gotcha. So when I joined the team, the, the marketing team was, was small. It was a handful of interns. Um, and a couple of uh, younger kind of recent college graduates mm. that were on the team. So uh, in fact, <laughs> when I showed up on my first day, they didn't, they didn't even know I was coming, which is a, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is a, a whole nother story. But, uh. um, 
they needed to build a framework and a structure one to scale. So in that first, in that first kind of season of events, they did, um, about 30, 40 events, I think. Mm -hmm. And then that next year we did like 135 and we moved, um, so the year at the year I joined and, and we moved into, I'd have to go back and look, but we went from being in like Australia and Canada to being in like 36 countries. Oh, wow. Um, so that, that's when I came on board. I, I helped build and scale. We grew to, um, you know, at the peak around, um, 70 million annual revenue, um, hundreds of thousands of runners and, uh, events all over the world, uh, every continent except Antarctica. And, uh, <clears throat> I, I was there for several years. I absolutely loved it. I, I built the team. I built processes that are still, that still exist there today. Um, we, we, you know, the, the people on my, on my direct team and my kind of colleagues there, like kind of feel like we, we were shoulder to shoulder on the, on the front lines and built yeah. some amazing relationships. Um, over time it, I got burnt out and there are a few factors that went into that, but I was, um, I had that, that feeling again, like this, this is not, I'm not in a place that's giving me energy mm-hmm. anymore. And it's not, uh, it's not bringing me happiness. Mm-hmm. So, or I shouldn't say it's not bringing me happiness cause I got to create my own, but it was, it was definitely draining it. So, yeah, yeah. um, <clears throat> uh, loved the people, loved our mission, loved the product. It was just, it was just time, you know, sometimes it's just time. Like I, you've been living in a great chapter of your life but uh, it's time to write the end of that chapter and start a new one. So Cliff Notes version, um, I moved into real estate um, investing uh, through a neighbor and realized pretty quickly that in the space, there was a gap with uh, Facebook marketing. So although I came with a skill set of full marketing stack, um, I chose to, we chose to be 100% Facebook uh, focus. So I created a business called Silver Street Marketing. That's a was a Facebook marketing agency specifically for investors, <clears throat> and that's how I met you as well. Um, that's how that's how I got to know more of the space. And then uh, that that was the 2015, 16, 2016, I think. Um, <clears throat> and that's what I, that's what I was doing. Ran that agency. Um, we were profitable from month one. I feel very blessed to, um, have been able to do that. And, uh, you and I kind of started talking early on, like, yeah, it'd be kind of fun to work together. Yeah. In I, some I capacity. Facebook message I found. Yeah. Ping, Cause I, I think I saw, I saw you on a uh, Tom Kroll post that he made or mm-hmm. something people were asking who's running his ads. Cause, uh, your first buddy and Tom Kroll are now business partners. Um, Correct. Cody, Cody Hoffine. Yep. That's where I found you. And one thing I, I did, I did a podcast episode on this guy's on the, on the Caracast called planting seeds. And, um, at the time I, I knew you were a smart dude. I didn't know your background though. I didn't, I didn't know your background until I can't remember if we had hopped on a call or what. And then you came to my mastermind. Um, was the first one that you came to in Nashville? Nashville. Yep. Nashville. Okay, cool. Um, so at that time, like he was just a smart dude that had an amazing background and we didn't really know each other that great. Just a few calls and back and forth some, some ideas and stuff. And, and um, one thing I'm really big on guys, and I'm, I'm going to toss this in there and throw it back over to Kylie, is 
when you find people that you just you, you have you jive with uh, number one that you could be great friends with but also if there might be a potential someday to work together at a more deep level i'm pretty overt in planting seeds early and that's something that a lot of people probably in some early conversations with me go whoa like he's already kind of like talking about maybe doing this or doing that and, and i leave a lot of openness i say i don't say hey you should come work for carrot but it's like, hey, you know what? I don't know how it would look someday, but I could totally see us doing something where we're actually working together a lot more. I don't know if it's working with Carrot or whatever, but keep it open, man. If anything comes up, I want you thinking about me first kind of thing. And so as long as you can get people to think about you first and keep it open, then I found a lot of amazing relationships uh, built there. And this is one of those ones that was kind of started that way. So Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And <clears throat> actually played, I mean, it played a huge role in, in my decision to eventually join Carrot as, a, as an official team member, you know, and that the reason I went back in time a little further to talk about my experience as a recent college grad and thinking about what it means to be an entrepreneur was uh, <clears throat> when you and I kind of started talking more seriously about what it might look like, I I, I loved my business. Like Silver Street Marketing was profitable, it was fun. I've got guys that work in the business with me that are a blast and are doing fantastic and um, feel like I've been able to be a good uh, mentor to them, which is something that I, I love and, and appreciate. And uh, probably the biggest sticking point for me was if I go and work somewhere, does that mean I've given up? On being an entrepreneur mm. or does that mean <clears throat> does that somehow me like betraying everything we stand for as entrepreneurs you know yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know you see you see posts on Facebook and I'm not saying anything bad about these because I, I think they bring a good message but it's like J-O-B just over broke you know mm. <clears throat> uh, yeah. stuck in the in the nine to five and I agree if you are stuck in a place that is sucking your life force <laughs> um, find a different solution honestly there are so many ways in this world to earn an income um, and money, um, you, sh you should go after that. <laughs> if it's real estate investing, awesome, we will help you. If it's not, um, <laughs> it, it can be something else. So, yep. but I had this realization uh, again that going to work somewhere doesn't mean that I'm not an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Yep. In, in two ways. Number one, the business that I built, Silver Street. It, it still exists. I'm, I'm, st I've stepped out of the day-to-day -day operations and have a fantastic guy there, JT, that's um, stepping in and running things. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, I mean, technically I'm still a business owner, yeah, right? 100%. But even if I wasn't, there's no reason that I can't be a part of a team and be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think people get stuck on that sometimes because they think, what it means to be, it would kind of get wrapped up in this like uh, illusion or this fantasy of what an entrepreneur is. Mm. But we don't really stop and think about what it is about being an entrepreneur that we really, really want. And yep. I think sometimes being that uh, an entrepreneur or business owner gets, uh, <clears throat> we, we only think about the, the sexy side, the sizzle. Oh yeah. And, and, and not the other things. So long-winded answer, I, when I started my agency, one of the reasons I first started it was to, to generate income, uh, take care of my family. And initially I thought, I'm just going to do this until I find something else really exciting to mm -hmm. work on. Um, and in fact, you remember like in the early days we were talking, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if I really want to do this agency or not. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> but ultimately I said, okay, got to jump in with both feet. Mm -hmm. And I did, and I loved it. 
But still in the back of my mind was similar to what you said. If I come across the opportunity to work with people that I think can teach me a lot or that I can, um, um, that I can learn a lot from and in a place where I feel like I can plug in and provide tremendous value into something that is um, mission driven and exciting to be a part of, then I am going to seriously consider that. Mm. And, and that's what Carrot became. So uh, I still 100% consider myself an entrepreneur and that is not related to the fact that I own a marketing agency. Yep. That's related to the fact of what drives me, how I think, my ultimate goals in life, you know, freedom and flexibility and, and all those types of things. And uh, uh, yeah. And, 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 dude, and sometimes you can actually get more freedom and flexibility at you know, working for a company. I mean, really, because when, 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 when you're the entrepreneur, at the end of the day, you're on the hook for everything that goes on in that company. And uh, there, there, there are sometimes I've never had a job, dude. So like some, sometimes I honestly, <laughs> sometimes I honestly wish there, there's fleeting moments where it goes, man, that could be kind of cool to show up and like work at a job just to where all this, all this stuff that is the stuff that, that like you said, that isn't the sexiness that we think about when we see the entrepreneur quote memes on Instagram. Um, you know, it's all that stuff that you still, you still have that responsibility and sometimes the responsibility can be heavy, uh, but then you you have to weight it, right? You have to weight the responsibility and sometimes, you know what, the responsibility is worth it for the benefits and sometimes it's not. And, um, for, for me there, there's, like I said, there's even been times with carrot and actually bringing you aboard was a part of that where I was taking on way too much responsibility as the owner. I'm like, I can no longer serve my team well as a CEO and leading the marketing team and doing all these other things. I need to bring an amazing entrepreneur aboard who has done this many times, who we can fly together and do this together. Not I'm hiring a guy to do a bunch of work. And that was the approach that, that I really had with that. So um, I want people to think about that, that like Kylie said, there are two sides of it. There's the amazing sides. And then there's the sides where you really do have to be responsible, especially if you have employees, we have, a, you know, several dozen employees now and we're going to keep on growing. There's a lot of responsibility on there on me and also Kylie now, cause he leads a team of people over here too. So, yeah. And, and I'll, I just want to add to that. Not all jobs are created equal. Yep. So yep. I, I would, I would have never accepted, uh, I guess I, I should never say never, but, um, a startup, a growth company, the culture carrot has, that is, that is not the same as something I could potentially find somewhere else, right? Where I'm plugging into this corporate system like that, that literally would suck my life force <laughs> really quickly. I know because I've done it before and it did. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's important that, you know, not all jobs are created equal and um, what we do for work doesn't define who we are. Mm -hmm. I think we get wrapped up in that a lot that like our career is, is who we are. I mean, sure. It's a big piece of who we are. It's why it should be something we feel passionately about, but it doesn't, it doesn't define who we are. Um, and, and the other thing I want to say is, uh, it's important to not make decisions based on fear. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what those entrepreneur, you know, memes are trying to do is they're trying to encourage people to step outside of fear. Yep. Um, and, and view their job as a, uh, as what it often is, which is, you know, you've heard the term like golden handcuffs, you know, you're afraid to do what you really want to do because you know, what about, what about, what if this happens? What if this happens? So, yeah. um, if you can put yourself in a place where you're not making decisions out of fear, but you're making decisions intentionally based on 
what you want and where you want to go and who you want to be around, mm-hmm. then, then you're in a good place. Dude, I, I want to throw one last thing on there. And then I want to move, uh, shift topics a little bit. So, so you had mentioned, I can't remember the exact words, but you were, you, you basically said that not all jobs are created equal, right? And one thing that pops up in my mind, because I have had the mindset sometimes where I'm going to, well, if you're complaining about your job all the time, you should just become like, start your own thing, become an entrepreneur, you know, talking with my brother and my friends and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, not everyone's wired for that. Just like I'm not wired to, to slam dunk a, a, foot, a basketball, a football, slam dunk a basketball. I'm not, I'm not wired to do that. I'm not wired to do a lot of things. Just like some people aren't wired to be an entrepreneur. I'm not wired to be an engineer. Um, and so you kind of have to go with the way that you're wired. But the, the, the thing is, there's so many amazing businesses out there that I would even love to work for. Like I would love to work for certain entrepreneurs where I could learn a ton from that entrepreneur. They're advanced beyond me. We're doing really interesting work. You know, could you imagine being able to, to, to sit next to Richard Branson every day and, and be able to learn and do that? I mean, that, that'd be an amazing opportunity to, to take a job like that. And yeah. the last little tidbit is this, is if we, if we as entrepreneurs are going in and communicating that entrepreneurship or entrepreneurs are superior to those who are not, what is happening to the way you communicate to your employees? Because now you're basically saying, oh, yeah, you're not good enough to be me, but I'm just going to go ahead and hire you. That's not it. Because like, then it, it puts this cap on them that they're, they're perpetually not living the amazing life because you're not an entrepreneur, and that's not true. Um, so if you guys are, 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 are talking about that, you're always posting on your Instagram and stuff like that, um, the entrepreneurship is the pinnacle and there's no other route to get, ha- to, to get happiness and contrib- contribution and fulfillment um, as an employee. What message is that sending to your employees? And are they really bought into a mission and, and, and vision that you're, that, that's a part of you or are they just getting a job? And they look yeah. at this guy that's like, man, we're never going to be as good as that dude because we're not an entrepreneur like him. So I'm going to go get a job somewhere else. Yeah, I agree 100%. So let's shift over to, we've got a couple topics. topics. We wrote some notes down here. So the transition, uh, we talked about that. Scaling businesses, man. So you've been a, a part of several different types of companies now. You have scaled leads for real estate investors. You've grown your agency. Now you're coming into the SaaS world, uh, software as a service world. And then, you know, before that you were at the color run and I can't remember what the exact company was before. So lots of different types of things. Mm-hmm. What types of what types of things have you seen and experienced uh, when you're looking to scale a company and uh, actually define scale in your mind too? Cause a lot of people might go like, what does that mean? Is that revenue? Is that customers? Is it both kind of thing? What do you look for when you're looking at a company to scale it? Yeah, good question. So to me on a, on a, um, on a very high level scale means growth. Mm-hmm. So for a venture backed um, software company, that could just be customer acquisition because they're not yet revenue as revenue focused, which is, you know, an interesting uh, business model. If, uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be something related to growth. That's why you're going to scale. Either you're going to scale into uh, another state, another country. You are going to scale by trying to add revenue, add customers, et cetera. I think, I think high level that that's, that's scale. Scale is growth. Um, and that, this is what I learned I love is, is this, uh, which sometimes I think like, man, am I sort of a glutton for uh, punishment? Because scaling is really hard too. It is hard. <laughs> um, 
And so I've, I have noticed a few things that scale does to a team and a company. One is it massively and rapidly exposes weaknesses. Mm. Um, and that's what's like, happening right now at Carrot too. Like you see weaknesses that we've got pretty big. Yep. Yeah. You think, you think about a rubber band, like if you pull it just a little bit, you might not know that there's like some, some thinness or, or a little tear, but if you stretch that thing mm. all the way out, you're going to see everything. Yeah. And you're going to notice like, oh, that rubber band's about to break right there. Like I never noticed that before, but now that it has to stretch so far to do its job, <clears throat> I can see that it's about to break. Yeah. Right? Um, the other thing it does is it frustrates communication mm-hmm. because however you were communicating before the processes that you have, plus uh, you have new people on the team. Most usually when you're scaling, that often involves like adding team or adding vendors or <clears throat> things like that. Sometimes it includes like new uh, software thing. So there's just a lot of things that can frustrate the communication that happen internally. Uh, it, it disrupts your processes. We're, we're, we're going through this inside of Carrot right now. Yep. Processes that have been awesome that have worked in the past, they, they need to be adapted. Mm-hmm. And not every time you try to do that, is it going to work? Because you have to kind of continue to work at it. Um, scale increases stress for sure. hundred um, percent. And stress does a funny thing to our, it, there are, there are scientific studies about this, that stress changes the way you perceive, uh, threats. So it change, literally changes your brain. So you now perceive things as threats that you previously would not have seen. And the way that manifests itself inside of a team often is that, uh, a, a coworker coming to you with a problem, an issue, whatever, when you have high levels of stress, you are more likely to perceive that as a threat okay. or an attack or a confrontation than you would otherwise. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yep. Makes you know, sense. You're competing for resources internally, right? And you're now maybe seeing that as more like a threat. So being self-aware about of that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I, I, these are, I wrote a couple of notes down too. The other one I wrote down was it magnifies risk. Okay. Yep. Scale does. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, that, so that breeds, that breeds the question. It's like why you mentioned that you must be a glutton for punishment and same thing here, right? <laughs> because my previous company, uh, we, we never scaled it. Uh, cause I, I did, I couldn't figure out how it wasn't the right product, wasn't the right business model. So there's a lot to be said about product and business model to be allow, mm-hmm. allowing to scale this business. I was very intentional going into carrot saying, I want to have the right business model, the right product. So we could scale if we wanted to, but why is it, um, what, what do you like about scaling companies, but also, um, why, why would someone want to scale? Like I talk a lot, I just did a podcast literally last week about, and I've done two of them now about knowing, um, knowing you and your business and, and knowing when to stop. Cause a lot of people should just be happy with their income that they want. They shouldn't want to scale. And some people should want to, where do you draw the line with this person needs to scale? And I think they should because of X, Y, Z and these person, these people shouldn't, they should just keep the business in a way that makes them happy. Yeah. I think, I think depending on your role in the business that, that changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have seen, uh, founders of businesses uh, just ravenous, ravenously chase scale um, and they are never happy because mm-hmm. they don't, there is no finish line to that. Yep. Scale, scale is an infinite abyss if you yep. don't put parameters around it. Um, and the money that potentially comes from scale is not going to make you happy either. You know, we, um, 
In fact, I've seen people that are, have made tremendous money from a business and they're miserable. Miserable. There, there was there was an article just recently, and this is really sad. But uh, one of the co-founders of, uh, co-founders of Square, you know, like the thing that everyone swipes mm-hmm. their darn thing through at every store in the world now. Uh, that that guy had a massive drug problem after he sold his shares for hundreds of millions of dollars, and he ended up ODing just a couple of weeks ago. And you see that often. You see the like. Um, it wasn't BuzzFeed, but it was a, it was Reddit. Maybe I can't remember who. Yeah. No, it wasn't Reddit. It was a company like that. The same thing. The guy was a billionaire. 20 something years old and he ended up uh, killing himself. And I, I hate to kind of bring that topic up, but you see it out there, right? You, you, like you yeah. said, you see the, you see the situation where that person is exactly where every entrepreneur would dream to be. And then he's there, she's there. Mm-hmm. And then they look back and go, man, this is the worst. I don't even want to be here anymore. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. And that's kind of brings kind of ties back to what we were talking about. I, I think, one of the challenges with the the uh, uh, what the move um, celebrity nature of like entrepreneur um, mm-hmm. is that we you now attach so much to what it's going to be what what the future is and the oh, future yeah. is never ever a solution to the present mm. it it can't be um, Dude, that quote's good man you need to put that thing on a shirt I like it. <laughs> the future is never a solution to the present. Yeah, dude, no, I like it is, that. man. There's, like there's it. the, yeah, I, I could, I could philosophize on that for a while, but, um, <laughs> I'd have to, I think I'd have to like put on my sunglasses maybe. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> drink some more mushrooms. I love tea. that, man. I, um, hmm. let's see what, um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought now. We're talking about why I do it, why I want to scale. Yeah. Okay. Like why, why, why would someone want to scale? Cause like, let's say they're a real estate investor and they're going to these masterminds and some people are doing 30 deals a month and they're quote unquote only doing five or there's a software company owner here and they listen to Nathan Latka's podcast and this guy's doing 15 million a year and you know, you're doing 800,000. Why is it that someone would want to scale and when, when does it make sense? I've got um, my philosophy on yeah. it. Here years though. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say you got to start with why you started the thing in the first place. Yep. And if the reason you started it was to make money, I would challenge you to stop right now mm. and rethink that and, and just say, okay, great. Of course, of course, the goal of every business is to make money. Mm. Um, it has to. That money is the lifeblood of a, biz, of a business profitability. But that can't be the reason. Mm. And, and because of what I said earlier, right? Like there's no end to money. It, there's always more. You could always be doing more. So you have to have, you have to go back to why you started it and then, um, <clears throat> and then talk about why. So let's say you make a goal to go from 500,000 to 1.5, mm-hmm. say. Why? Why 1.5? Yeah. Well, it sounded good. It's triple my business. Yeah, that's awesome. That would be phenomenal. Like you should high five yourself if you grow your bit, triple your business. But, but why do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. What's 1.5 mean? Yep. And, and challenge yourself to really think about that. What, is, what does it mean to have 1.5? And the good and the bad. Yeah, right? what's the cost? I should, yeah, I what's the cost? The bad. Yeah, yeah, the cost. The cost, mm-hmm. that's a better way to say it. Like, yep. And unless you can really communicate to yourself and extremely important that you communicate to your team mm. why 1.5, then uh, I, I, would, I would argue you have not figured out yet why you, know, why you should scale. Yep. And when it gets hard and it will get hard, you, you will feel, um, it will, you'll get lost. Mm-hmm. 
yep. you'll feel like, what, what am I, you know, what am I doing this for? Dude, I, I, I've used this example a few times. So you, you look at certain entrepreneurs like Elon Musk as an example, right? Where he sold multiple companies, um, eBay, this one earlier on, um, and now he owns Tesla and SpaceX and the boring company, whatever the hell he's, he's uh, inventing nowadays. <laughs> um, but the thing is, a lot of people look at people like him, right? And go, whoa, billionaire doing all this crazy stuff. But if you read back in his autobiography, you read back, look at videos from way back when, even when he was a kid, he's like, he knew there were these big world problems that he thought could be solved. He knew that uh, he, he really feels deep down that solar um, and getting, getting uh, people off of the, the fossil fuel types of energy today are going to save the world. Like he doesn't just think, hey, this is a good idea we should do. He, he literally thinks that he's saving humanity right now. Yeah. And um, getting people to Mars, the same thing. It's not just to get to Mars. He honestly believes that that the world's going to get so bad that he needs to start creating a way to get to Mars and create a colony. He may be true. I don't know. But you can't do that with $100,000 a year or even $100 million a year. And so yeah. he had to sell one company and go bigger and go bigger. And then he went all in in these companies when all the odds were against him. And if he was looking at money as his primary gauge, he never would have piled in his 800 million or billion or whatever it was into two companies that were the least likelihood type of model to ever work. Creating a rocket ship company from scratch against Boeing and creating a, a, a car company from scratch against everybody else. Like two of the most least likely businesses you could ever succeed on. He self-funded the start of them and it was because he had a mission. Because his mission and his why, like Kylie said, that brought him back. He's like, well, my why wasn't to make money. My why was, yeah, maybe money's cool. It's cool being a billionaire. It's cool being Elon Musk, I'm sure. But then the why was like, the business fuels this mission. Um, and I had to do the same thing with Carrot. Uh, it was about four, three to four years back. Uh, we were sitting there at, a, at an annual planning, I think two, three years into the company. And it was, it was uh, the first year in this kind of, I'll be transparent with everybody. Like one of our core values is transparency. And, and none of this is, is in a bragging way. It's to show you transparently how I made decisions. So the first full year in this company, we did about $400,000 in revenue. It was amazing. That's really, really cool. Uh, the second year is 1.2 million. Uh, the third year, it was a little over two. Fourth year, three. And it just keeps on growing from there. You know, five and we'll do somewhere between seven and a half and eight this year. And um, when we sat down there, the year after we hit a million and we we're looking at this, the next year, I guess it would have been year three and we we're doing our planning. And we looked at the number up there and we went, whatever, came up with some calculation. We did this growth last year. What if we do this moving forward? And we looked at it and we asked that question you just said. We looked at that number and we're like, that's a cool number. We're pretty cool where we are right now though. Like a million dollar year company is amazing. $400,000 a year company is amazing. And we asked the question, why? Why does that matter? Why does it matter to go from one to two and a half or whatever our goal was? Um, and we sat there and there were some really bad reasons we justified. <laughs> Uh, really bad ones like, oh, it sounded cool and it was more justification of just wanting to do more. But then there were a couple that hit us. And the ones for us were this, that at that size of business, at a million bucks, you have to make a decision around that point. You have to make a decision that you can't continue to run the business just with yourselves at a million with a software company. Otherwise, you're going to harm your customers. Your customer base at that, at that scale with the software company is gonna get harmed if you don't reinvest heavily back into making the product better, back into customer support. Then you start making that investment. Then you go, shoot, that investment's made. Now we have to make these other, other investments. So then you go, we're making the decision to 
to do this thing or, or we're going to make the decision to scale back and create a lifestyle business. And that was what we decided, like, we're going to do this thing. What does that mean? And, and at that point, Kylie, is when we really dug deep on mission and purpose. Um, that's when we really dug deep. The first two years were, let's see if we can do this. Let's see if we can be the best in the world at it. There yeah. wasn't like a mission to add humanity back to business. There wasn't a mission to help these thousands of entrepreneurs save time so they could spend that time for things that matter in life. There wasn't the mission to, to, to uh, help you gain freedom, flexibility, great finances, and, and make an impact because so many entrepreneurs actually get trapped. There wasn't that mission. That mission came at that moment that we asked the question, why? And we said, are we going all in on this thing now? And if we are, we're going all in and we're going to actually make it mean something. And so now every time we, we do that, every single annual planning, we write that question up there, why next to that revenue goal? And then we chart our hiring path and we say, is that going to matter? Is that, does that match our core values, our written core values? Is that something that matters toward our mission? Do we actually have to do that to reach our mission further? And for us, at least at this phase, we do need to keep growing because we want to reach hundreds of thousands, if not millions of entrepreneurs to help you guys create businesses that truly unleash you and help you have an impact. And we can't do that in a small company. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it, man. I I think, uh, you know, that even if your mission is not, uh, I don't think either of us are are suggesting that your mission has to be altruistic, Um, but it's got to be, it's got to be something. You know, it's got, it's got to be something, even if, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we could get into details there, but it, it, um, it could be local based. It could be your family. Sure. It could be just like, who knows, man, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, if you're, if, uh, sorry, go ahead. I'll go for it. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, if you're a solopreneur, real estate investor, and you say, I want to grow from two deals a month to four deals a month. And your mission is so that you can buy a vacation property for your family to go to, you want to buy a cabin that you can take your family to and give to your kids when you move, when you pass on, mm-hmm. <clears throat> at least, at least that's something, right? Yep. I, I think, by, by the way, I think that's an awesome, like, that's an awesome, amazing, uh, an amazing thing to have. So now you know why, mm-hmm. you know why it's not just a number. It's not just, Oh, I need four deals. You know, yep. I need four deals. They need to be at this number and that's going to mean this. And, um, that gives you a why. It, and for some people that I talk to, their, their mission uh, is, going back to our previous conversation, their mission is to, to leave their job that, that maybe they don't like. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. And I think yep. that's what we're talking about is as long as you guys know what it is, and oftentimes it will shift and change. Mine did. The first year or two of Carrot, my mission was to, to focus on one thing for one year and not get distracted. That was literally my mission. And I focus <laughs> on one business thing and be the best father, husband, brother, um, entrepreneur that one year that I could be. That was my only mission, man. Like when I looking back at the end of the year and can I say, I love it. Time I did my best. And then year two, it was like, this is kind of work. And maybe can, can we be the best in the world at this, in this mission, in this niche? Then that was that mission. And then it grew into something bigger, but you're spot on, man. It, it could literally be to, to make it to where I don't have to work 40 hours a week. I just want to work 10 hours a week. And I'm going to take all that time and put it into hobbies. I love fly fishing or put it into, to more family time. Any of that stuff, man, that's an amazing, amazing mission. I love it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And, and just take it one, one, one other direction real quick, talking about scale. Um, one, one of the reasons I love being a part of a company that's growing and, and is scaling is that uh, it challenges me every single day. Mm-hmm. Because every single day, if not every day, then every week, you are going to encounter something you have never encountered before. Mm. 
even if you've done it at another company, it's not going to be exactly the same, you know, plus the faces are different, plus the industry is different, plus whatever. So, um, it's, it's kind of the same thing. I think Trevor, when people ask me like, how do you, why do you run? Like, why is, um, you know, why do you think running is fun? And honestly, my answer to them is like, a lot of the times running is not fun. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm in the moment doing my run, like I'm not necessarily thinking like, this is good. Like I'd, I'd probably do this versus, uh, you know, go, I don't know, go ski, <laughs> whatever. Like I go skiing or watch a movie or, um, you know, get a massage and eat grapes or whatever, <laughs> but I'm doing it because of, um, is that way you get massages, man? You, you go back to like the Egyptian days and you're getting massage grapes dropped. Oh in yeah. Mouth. Yep. Yeah. If there's, if there's no grapes and no, um, like fig leaf fans, I'm not interested, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, and I, it's, this isn't a, a perfect parallel. Um, but being, being a part of growth, like there are days where I will legitimately tell you like, that was not a fun day. Yeah. Same here. Um, yeah. In, in the, in the traditional definition of fun, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> I know that I, I grew mm. or the people on my team grew mm. and my biggest fear, uh, my biggest fear outside of failing as a father or husband is stagnation. Mm. Yeah. My biggest fear is that I'm going to look back one day and go, oh man, I just coasted for so long right there. Mm. I, I was in this comfortable position where I didn't really have to ever have to challenge myself and I just plugged in. And by the way, the world needs people like that, yep. that, that love that. So there's nothing wrong with that. But for me personally, that I, it doesn't work for me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, what, what do you do on that? We've got a few more minutes here. So I, I did an Instagram post the other day. And um, I got something from an entrepreneur named Sharan, amazing entrepreneur, grabbed his picture. It showed like life broken up into these little segments of, you know, if, if you live 78 years, how many years you sleep and here's how many years you do this. And one of them was here, it was like nine years, the average life. Uh, we spend nine years in social media and TV. And that nine years is broken up into an hour here and two hours this day and three hours this day. And I tossed a question on Instagram to people. I said, if you had to, if you had to take just 25% of the time that you spend watching TV and social media, I just use that one bucket. You could take that bucket and put it anywhere, sleep, or like wherever, right? Um, maybe you're, you maybe sleep 15 hours a day and you need to cut down to eight. Like <laughs> if, if you were to take 25% of the social media time, what would you do with it? And your answer was a really good one. And I guess, yeah, I can't remember the exact words. I could go find it if you don't remember it. But do you do that now? Or, or were you wanting to have more time to, I think you said writing, reflecting, journaling, or it was something that mm-hmm. the effect of that. I said, I said writing, art, and meditation. Writing, art, and meditation. So is that something that you're not doing a lot now or you would just love to do more of? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And um, it's probably helpful for people to know that don't know me well, that there is this part of me that is like a, like a tortured artist. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I say tortured kind of tongue in cheek, you know, just mm-hmm. the like the, the, the person who just wants to create art. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what, part of what makes me a good marketer too. But yeah. um, I go in waves. So full transparency and vulnerability, I go in waves where I, I do this better than others. Um, if I go a long time without creating something just for the sake of creating, um, it, if, I, if I can be self-aware enough, I'll notice that it has had an impact on my mental health. Mm-hmm. 
because what, what happens for me personally is like, I feel like everything kind of builds up in there. Yep. And, uh, and then I start overthinking it mm. and then, and it gets messy. So sometimes I just need to create just to create. So I have done a couple things recently. Um, for example, like I've doodled and drawn my whole life, like on my Instagram account, occasionally I'll post like goofy, goofy drawings and doodles. Um, but I've never taken like a real art class. Mm-hmm. So this in February, I signed up for watercolor classes at the cool. community center and I, I did it, you know? Um, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and then actually just this morning, so social media for me, that one's a challenge, man, because yeah, too. I have been in some way or another, social media has been a part of my job and my career and my business for since, I don't know, 2007, when I first joined Twitter and Facebook. Right. Um, so it, it's a challenge. And I go, I go in um, peaks and valleys of my, my uh, how much control I feel like I have over it. Well, yeah. This, just today, man, I moved, I have all my social media in one folder on my phone. I relabeled it distractions and uh, I actually moved it to its own page. So I have to swipe three times on my phone to get to that folder. And, and then I got to the office and I was feeling pretty good about myself. And uh, I got a notification. This is so funny, man. I got a notification from Instagram. Um, it might even been that you had reshared my answer on your okay. question. Yeah. The thing we're talking about right now. And, and I was sitting in my car and pretty soon I'm like, oh, it's been like two minutes, three minutes. Like <laughs> I just, I just got lost on Instagram. So I turned off my notification. They said, okay, I can't just move that. I get to remove my notification. So I love that's it. a long winded answer to say, um, I, I think that's a constant battle, man. I love technology and what it can do for us, but we, we got, we got to own it. We can't let it own us. Yep. Uh, I'm with you, man. And my, my answer is fly fishing and I haven't done hardly any of it this past year. Dude, it's, it's so funny, the timing of this. So you mentioned you just reorganize your, your screen, your home screen and stuff on your phone. I did the same thing this last week. And so, um, cause I was looking at it and going, man, why is there so much stuff on this? Like literally three full pages of apps. Yeah. Um, and I, every one of them seemed like they're probably somewhat useful in my life somewhere. Right. Um, but then I went through and I'm looking at my phone right now. So now I've got three pages of apps, but they're really curated. And here's what I've got on my home now. Um, and I, I had to really heavily curate these going, okay, these are the ones that it's okay if I open up because I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole except for maybe Slack, but I'm just going to show mm-hmm. my screen. So I've got um, right here, I've got uh, the Bible app, then I've got Voxer because uh, that's something I'm trying to use a lot more and more with the team because that's something I don't go rab- down rabbit holes. That's productive, constructive uh, uh, conversation, Spotify, cause I like music and, and I need to have more music on. So that's something I just want to encourage myself to turn more music on to get me in the right energy. Uh, then I've got Google sheets. You guys might be asking, why does Trevor actually have Google sheets on a phone? How do you actually use spreadsheets on a phone? Um, so I actually, the only reason I have it is cause of my routine tracker. And so my routine tracker I use every day. Um, just go to carrot.com forward slash habits, carrot.com forward slash habits, and you can download this tracker. But this is what I use for my routines to track my habits, to gauge my habits. This is also, also what I use for my objectives, my goals for the day, for the week, for the month. This is what keeps me on task. So carrot.com forward slash habits, and you can download my habit tracker spreadsheet. We've had tons of people having success with it. We're, I'm hitting it, I'm getting Instagram messages, all kinds of stuff, man. People hit me up all the time saying it's changing the game. Then I've got the clock because I set time yep. clocks when I write and stuff like that. Notes, that's where I put my ideas. 
Safari, and then Slack is what we use for team communication. Um, next is podcasts, Google Drive, and then Sleep Cycle, which I've been using quite a bit lately. And then last is all the busy stuff, man. It's like, Love it. I, I should get Asana off of here. I never even go into it now. But um, I've got a social media tab thingy, so I never even navigate there now. And then I've got a utilities thing. And that's it, man. I never go into email or anything. So I would encourage everybody to, to look at your phone screen and make it, make it slim, make it so there's not a lot there. Next, I just need to put a picture there. I should put a picture. Dude. Yeah, mine, mine used to be full. It's 100% full. That picture in the background, by the way, I don't know if you can see, is my son when he was younger, like in, in the league. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Um, this used to be full. This is my home screen now. So I did the same thing. <clears throat> oh, wait. That's not my home screen. I'm sorry. I was showing you the wrong one. Let's do that. There it is. That's the home screen. Okay, cool. So it's funny. We got some similar stuff there. Yep. I like it. Well, dude, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, I appreciate the heck out of you, man. And I'm pumped to get you back up here to Oregon. I know you'll be up here for Carrot Camp in May. Um, if anyone's looking to come to Carrot Camp, we haven't officially, as of the time we're recording this, but by the time you listen to it, it might be sold out. But just go to carrotcamp.com, carrotcamp.com if you want to check it out and join us for Carrot Camp. If it's sold out in May, those uh, the page will say sold out. Otherwise, uh, you can sign up for a, on the waiting list to hear about our next Carrot Camp. But it's one of my favorite things we do here at Carrot. You get to come to Carrot HQ, experience the culture, experience other amazing investors, high-level people. We get you up in the mountains. We do all, all kinds of amazing stuff, giving you the full Carrot experience. We send you off and hopefully change your life and business. So come to CarrotCamp.com. Check it out. Once again, Habit Tracker, Carrot.com forward slash habits. Uh, Kylie, man, any parting words uh, before we bounce from this episode? Um, yeah, man, I, I got... I got when, when we get on these topics, I feel like I got so much I could say. I, yeah. I love it. We, we talked about some good stuff. I think, um, I think that I'll just want to end with one thought for what it's worth, whether you're scaling a business or, or thinking about what you want to do next in your life. Um, whatever limitations you think currently exist, uh, just be careful they aren't ones you, you imposed on yourself. Hmm. Um, you, I, I see scaling companies do that a lot. Mm -hmm. they, they sort of say, oh, we can't do that. Or this is, you know, th this is the peak or this is the limit of what we can do. Or, you know, we have to have this done by X and, and that causes us to rush out something that isn't good. But, but some of those are arbitrary, yep. you know? So, um, and, and the same is, same is true in life. Like whatever, um, whatever limitations we put on ourselves, they just, they just likely are not real. Mm -hmm. uh, what we're capable of is, uh, I mean, we don't know. We, we don't know yet what we're fully capable of as, as human beings, but yeah. Dude, I, I love it. I love it. And what we're going to do, uh, Brady, uh, Brady's our, our audio guy here. Brady, I want to link up one of Kylie's doodles in the show notes. So go to uh, carrotcasts.com, carrotcasts.com if you're listening to this on iTunes and go check out this episode. We're going to link up one of those doodles. Uh, one of them he drew, drew for Carrot. And I don't know if you have another one you want to link up. We can toss a, a non-carrot one in there, but we'll for sure link up the carrot doodle because it's really cool. I love it, but Brady, link it up. I'll give you the picture for it. Kylie, thank you for coming on the Carrot Cast again, man. You're going to be on here a lot more and appreciate you for joining uh, the, the Carrot team and being along for the ride and being a big part of it. So I'm uh, very pumped about it, everyone. Throw some love Kylie's way on Instagram. Go follow him over there on Instagram. Um, it was Kylie Newbold, N-E-W-B-O-L-D. And uh, we'd love to, uh, to hear from you guys. Leave us a rating and review, and we'll talk soon. See ya.